0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Booth Review.
1: Welcome in to a bowl game preview edition of Booth Review presented by m Bank, member FDIC. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be doing a bowl preview show for a second straight season. This time it's with my guy Brandon McAnderson. B-Mac, Yo, how you doing, my friend?
2: I am fantastic, man. I uh, went and watched some football practice today. You know, what I love about bowl season is football practice never ends. so football season never ends you know it'll you know roll right into signing period which is this week Mm -hmm. um and then travel down to the bowl game at the end of the week so man it's just all kinds of fun to talk about that's for sure
1: yeah it's kind of fun like uh as this show's releasing on some platforms kansas you know signing day is going to be going in you know full steam ahead so by the time you're listening this kansas has probably had quite a day uh with the signing day by all indications they're going to be able to hold on to what looks to be an absolutely stellar class with some really fun guys uh you know we spent some time talking about zeke marshall a couple weeks ago on this show deshaun warner is one of the premier players in the country he's a top 200 type player by all you know by a lot of different uh places uh there's all kinds of really fun players uh that, that kansas is going to be welcoming into their program here but uh, good times, and I mean, even the transfer portal—they've been getting some guys, and we haven't seen any attrition from the transfer portal yet. Hopefully, that you know maintains itself after, uh, after you know, after the bowl game. But man, B Mac, there's a lot of there's a lot of real reasons for optimism with this program right now with all the things going on at the same time.
2: Absolutely, I, I think from a just just on, spend a little bit of time on the recruiting angle. I know we pointed out some specific players, but I think the best thing about it is they identified these guys early. You know, and what happened is, is as they progressed through the recruiting period, the offers came in, the accolades came in, the stars came in, and the guys stayed committed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that tells you about, I think they they have three, four stars. Two of them have been four stars over the course of the season, with Warner being obviously the big-time guy mm-hmm. who's as high as top 150 and will be playing in the All-American Bowl on national TV. So that's a big deal. You <laughs> <laughs> can't say, that's a huge deal. Uh, they can. He was at least top uh 240 in most publications. These are not the kind of players that that choose Kansas. Mm-hmm. And that's not to mention um you know, you know, we talked about the quarterback Zeke Marshall, he's the highest possible 3-star rating. Uh his teammate, um a defensive back is the highest possible 3-star rating. So it's not just that they have multiple 4-stars, but they've got multiple three stars that are basically at the top of that range so they're getting a lot of national respect and when you look at their ability to develop players that's really exciting that they've got you know that you usually they come in with you know you talk about buffalo transfers and this that and the third and now they got some guys coming in with big expectations and and a staff that can deliver those expectations
1: you're looking at like Deshaun warner got offers from michigan and ohio state like in the last couple months you know, uh, Isaiah Marshall just won Mr. Football in the state of Michigan. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> like,
1: what are we doing here? This
2: is, yeah.
1: it's wild, man. Like, I just, and like, I've seen some tweets from them today indicating how excited they are for signing day. So I don't think we're going to, you know, I, I think this will, I think this will stay fresh. And these guys will sign. And I don't think, you know, I, my indications indication they're going to hold this stat, this whole, hold this group together. And it's so impressive, you know, for a lot of reasons. There's, there's so many impressive things they, you know, KU builds that pipeline, you know, in, in in Arizona quickly. And I think they've got three guys coming from the same high school with Deshaun Warner, Andre Gibson, Jonathan Kamara, all coming over, all three defensive players from the state runner-up in Arizona. Um, but I think one of, that's a really good point that you made. I think about how, you know, this group came together and committed you know i'm looking at this commitment list and it's june it's mm-hmm. july like i'm looking at you know there's not they they had the bulk of their class done by june and all these guys that were committed in june are still committed and what that allows you to do is you continue to maintain that relationship for sure but you get to start building better relationships for the 2025 group you get to start looking ahead a little bit more and start focusing a little bit more time that you've locked in a group that has stayed committed that's so impressive and like it's again. It's one of those things that just speaks to the health of this program under Lance Leipold, where you've got strong relationships being built, you've got, um, you know, a well organized process. You know what you're looking for. You know what will stick. You know that you you know the kind of personality traits that they're going to allow you to hold that group together, and they did. They were right. And you know, in an era where there's so many things. In the, in the recruiting world that are crazy to see this group intact after, you know, and and holding their end of the bargain by winning eight games and all that stuff. That's just a really impressive thing. And I think
2: that just speaks to the health of the program and the direction it's heading. Absolutely, man. You, you just love to see it. You know, you love to see it. Harrison uh, Utley is a Norman, Oklahoma guy <laughs> who was offered by, offered by OU late in the process, stuck with his commitment. And like you mentioned, just guys that uh, they want to get here and they want to get to work and uh, that speaks volumes to, you know, that's not to mention the class that they have in that got the all redshirt, Mm -hmm. you know, guys like Marcus Mm -hmm. Terry and guys like Logan Brantley and Keaton Cabeca and, you know, Sample and, you know, Thompson Jr. There's a lot of players already here that we're going to get to see next year as well. So um, exciting times for these Jayhawks for sure. And and player development's
1: always been the thing for Lance Leipold and his program. Like that's another thing. It's just We've talked. I think we've might have talked about this on the show. I can't remember, but like Buffalo wasn't out recruiting the world, but they were still putting guys in NFL in the NFL. Malcolm Kuntz, I mean, is playing pretty well Ooh. for the Las Vegas Raiders right now. Ooh. I don't want to talk about it. I mean, hey, congrats on c- congrats on shellacking the Chargers the other day. I guess, but
2: like hey, that was like our, that was our Super Bowl, man. We scored more than twenty one points. I cracked yeah. the blue open. You know, celebrated a little bit. You know what I mean? Like the Raiders got a little dub. Uh, it felt good.
1: Ten point dogs against the Chiefs this week. I'm just you know, Generous. generous. <laughs> Ten point. <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, I I just I can't wait to see what Lance Leipold is able to do. You know, with 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 player development with you know a, a group of guys that you know are are gonna be deemed better talents uh, than what he had at Michigan. And like and but like and it's it's. Or at at, uh, at Buffalo. But yeah, like, that, that's... And you know, NIL's, like, this is anybody listening, like, NIL's gonna matter more and more as things go on, right? Like, you know, contributions are gonna matter to, you know, to NIL to help keep this team together. It does seem like they've definitely focused on keeping and retaining guys rather than going out in the portal and trying to make flashy, you know, fits, which I think is a really smart strategy. You're, you're developing, the pl- developing players, you're investing in players. Do what you can to keep them. You know, do what you can to keep them because they're you already know they're good culture fits you already know that they're going to step in seamlessly to what you want to accomplish and that reduces the hit you know that re, you know that reduces the, you know if, if you're bringing guys from outside you're, you're running the risk of a guy maybe not painting out this entirely the same way that you were anticipating it to. so i do love the homegrown philosophy and taking care of business and taking care of your guys internally Uh, So this is the encouragement. If you want to continue to see these incredible players stick around,
2: I think NIL is going to matter more and more as we go. Yeah, and NIL and uh, the transfer portal, these things are changing every day. You know, with Legends of Kansas, we're directly involved now, and we don't know anything more than when we started because the, the information constantly changes. But what I'm optimistic about is when you look at the full picture of what's going to be out there, what's going to be available, and you follow the media cycle, your coach can be one of two things. He can be a guy that has the money behind him and goes out and gets it done. Or he can be the guy that complains about losing his depth and not being able to pay the right players. Or you can be Lance Eipold, who already has a sound strategy to address an ever-changing market. Look at the type of players he targets. Look at the people that they offer They're looking for people to come in and contribute. They're not looking at recruiting stars. You know, they're not looking at so-and-so was a five-star at a high school. They're looking at a skill set that they can develop, that's a culture fit, that can come in and play. So what they're doing is they're building depth through the transfer portal because if a thousand people are entering the transfer portal, there's going to be players in there. There's going to be guys that are looking for opportunities that don't have a lot to do with money. And that's how you end up with guys like Austin Booker. You know, a guy that played 23 snaps in Minnesota. You end up with a guy like J.B. Brown, who was a sub linebacker type of player. You end up with a guy like Gage Keys who just didn't play. So you have these guys that are unproven. They come, they develop, and then some of them move on. And you got to keep it moving. You got to keep developing players and, you know, developing your younger players. Having the luxury to redshirt some of your young players is a benefit that they have. So I think they're prepared for it in every way possible. That doesn't mean... That they don't need support, but it does mean that they have a plan.
1: Oh, for sure. And like when I say, when I, I'm not diminishing the portal stuff either, because like they're incredible at the portal. I'm just saying they're never going to be the team going out to buy a team in the portal, like you were talking about. And they, they again, like their their player evaluation is unbelievable. I mean, I always I, one of my favorite like anecdotes is KU was the first team to offer Jared Verse who just opted out of a bowl game at Florida State because he's going to go in the first round this year. Mm-hmm. They were the first team on him. And yep. they're, you know, they their eye for talent's exceptional. They're, you know, they know the right guys to be in on very quickly. And and that's just been an impressive thing. But it's not always necessarily, you know, it's just identifying guys that need an opportunity. So if they have to go portaling because they lose some guys, I have full confidence they'll be able to, but they're not having to go out and buy a team, you know, the way that some of these other programs are. And Lance Leipold can continue to do more with less with this program because that's what he's you know you know capable of doing. Uh, but hey, we're continuing to raise the profile of this program. Yes. You know whatever we can do,
2: contribution wise, rich people problems. Come on, man, breaking. <laughs> we, we had those poverty problems for quite a while. You know we got the rich people problems, man. Look what
1: Lance Leipold has done with what he's had to this point. Yep. Like he just continues to get better and better and better and better. So keep keep investing in this program. Uh, you can also keep investing in home field apparel if you'd like. Promo code NOSEES23 will get you a discount on the incredible selection of Kansas gear available to you there. Uh, all kinds of great sweatshirts, t-shirts. I'm um, you know, i rocking a Kansas sweatshirt right now. They've got all kinds of phenomenal stuff, football, basketball, you name it. Uh, so make sure you're taking advantage of that. nocs 23 is your promo code to get your home field apparel. We're going to take a break. We'll be back to preview KU, UNLV, Guaranteed Rate Bowl, right after this.
0: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Everybody hanging out, please feel free to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Getting you ready now for KU UNLV here, uh, less than a week out now. B Mac, and uh, it's gonna be a fun game, you know. Uh, I'm really excited about this one. You, you're getting Barry Odom, uh, former Razoo coach, there. You're also getting Brendan Marion, one of the brightest minds in college football right now. UNLV. Has we can start with this? UNLV has a a very unique offense, and it's not that it's just completely world changing and it's just an entirely new, um, you know, out of thin air scheme because there's definitely a lot of different principles. But there's an offense that uh, Brendan Marion designed called the go go offense. Uh, have you have you had have you kind of done a little research on it to this point? You know, a little bit about it. Um, BMAC, what have you seen out of the go go offense so far?
2: Yes, yeah, so I read about him a few years ago. Uh, before he started to get a shot, he was at an HBCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard. things effectively he's at Howard. Um, I think he had uh, Cam Newton's brother out there. They had a big upset. I can't remember who it was that they. It beat. was UNLV. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, there you go. Um, I think the the thing that I liked the most liked most about what he did uh, just in that Boise game was I liked the additional lineman groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a couple seven offensive linemen plays. I like the way they deployed it. Um, just putting bigger, heavier players on the edge in your quarterback run game. It's a smart way to do it uh for a team like UNLB that has to be more resourceful. Mm-hmm. You might be losing something in a pass catcher or losing some athleticism that a power five team could get the same effect with a tight end, you know, a Mason Fairchild tight. Mm-hmm. They can't. So they just put more alignment out there. Um, I like that. I like that concept. Um, I like that they push the ball down the field. I like that that. You know, they have a young quarterback that's got some skills and they and and he's able to handle all the different looks. So they do some things that I like and I think it's going to be a challenge. And, you know, you look at the team at the end of the year. That's not the team that Kansas is going to be facing because they've got a month off. Yeah, they are just going to be fresher. They're not going to be as beat up as they were in that BYU game. They'll be better up front. I think it'll be a fun game.
1: It's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a fun challenge, and I think for Ku fans, um, that, and I think there's probably some stuff you can read up on the go-go offense. But you're gonna, you're gonna, if w- when you kind of watch this game, you're gonna see them do some of the kind of crazy stuff that you've seen Kansas do. You're gonna see five into the boundary. You're gonna see uh, a lot of time. You're gonna see two running backs lined up to one side of the quarterback. Um, you're gonna see you know, uh, you're going to see overbalanced formations. You're going to see, uh, or unbalanced from, from formations. You're going to see, uh, all kinds of different things and it's all done out of tempo. They love to play tempo. So you're going to get these unique formations, these unique looks, and they're going to try to play fast. And it's, you know, it's a two back, it's a two back system. You're going to see a lot of different run concepts. And a lot of creative ways to get into some of those base principles. Like I said, you've got the quarterback lined up. You've got two guys lined up right next to each other. They might hand off to one and one's lead block and they might, you know, run some misdirection with the backs. It's a lot of, you know, a lot of different misdirection, a lot of different formational challenges that this group's gonna present. And then like B said, they're gonna challenge down the field too. They're gonna go throw the football, you know, down the field. They're gonna try to push the ball down the field mixing in all this tempo, mixing in, you know, these this formational stuff. It is a it is one of those offenses that, you know, former offensive coordinator Andrew Kolnicki talked about being one of the most difficult teams to prepare for. This is a unique, different offense to prepare for. Luckily for Kansas, they do have a month off to try to, you know, kind of sort some of the thing, these things out. Because ultimately, there are a lot of you know very simple core principles, the same way Kansas does, but just with a lot of different ways to get into them out of a two-back set.
2: Absolutely, and I, you know, if they do have a lot of success, you know, early in the early in the game, or if Kansas comes out with a similar defensive strategy that we've seen—the bend but don't break shell type defense—we've also seen Kansas be able to play different ways on defense, which is I think something unique to this year to where they haven't been a team that's multiple on defense, but they are this year. And I think you've seen them decide at times to lean on those defensive backs and let them do the work. And one of the things I noticed early in that Cincinnati game was we weren't matching numbers. You know, we weren't going four on three. We were going three on three and inviting them to run the football into to bigger boxes. I think you'll see some of that too, and just trust these DBs. That's the luxury of having, you know, three-year starters that are six-one. You know, 185, 200 pounds that can run and tackle, and they've got them. They've got multiple versions of that player. So, you know, I I think it's a it's a fun matchup, and it's what you want to see in a bowl game. I think from a Kansas perspective, you did want to see them go up against another Power Five team and prove themselves again. But if you can't get that matchup, this is about as good as it gets. You get a fun, entertaining team um, that's going to play a unique style. And the funny part is when you were describing them. You know that could have been one of those games of where is he talking about Kansas or is he talking about UNLV? Yep, absolutely. Multiples, the pushing the ball down the field, the <laughs> motions, all these different things. So there's some similarities there that this Kansas defense sees every week, uh, every day of practice. So that'll help them. And then there's just going to be from a from a viewer's perspective, just some some fun little bits of candy out there to enjoy.
1: Yeah, it's there, There's you know the biggest. I think the biggest stylistic change between well, that's oversimplification, but you know Kansas tends to be a slower pace team you know they're going to you know they're going to challenge you formationally shifts and motions and they're going to have some unique looks that they're going to get into the same way that UNLV will Kansas's offensive pace is going to be slow but tempo is a thing that UNLV likes to employ and that's going to be something that I think is going to be one of the biggest challenges for this team is you know handling all this you know exotic concepts looks that they haven't had a lot of familiarity with while playing a team that likes to play tempo. And, you know, we've seen this team struggle at times with some tempo at times, you know, and like they've, well, I mean, they've, they've, they've kind of been up and down, right? Because, you know, the benefit of tempo can be, you can wear a team down or, you know, it's a, it's a a risk you run because if tempo doesn't work, you're off the field quickly and your offense is back on the field. And this is the kind of offense that Kansas has that, can grind you to a pulp and, and wear your defense out too. So there's, you know, it's it's going to be a big challenge. And like, it always starts with, with early down success for me. You know, I mean, that's one of the big things, I think, with any tempo team, having early down success and, and, and keeping a team behind the sticks. And, you know, that's, I think, one of the biggest, you know, starting points when you're looking at how do you play a tempo team. Your early downs have to be really sound. Uh, And you and you've got to be pretty good about stopping the run when you're playing this UNLV team.
2: Yeah, and and, you know Kansas from a just a schematic perspective have been pretty good about being where they're supposed to be. Usually the the struggle is more about tackling. You know that's when they've struggled when they've struggled to tackle, and I think that's had to do with you know worn down bodies. So I expect them to be fresh. You know I expect them to be dialed in and showing up where they're supposed to show up. And you know UNLV will have good skill players on the outside. They'll have good backs. They have a good quarterback you know they have a good offensive line especially for a group five team so there's going to be some just natural challenges uh within the game that are outside of schematics that they're going to have to handle as well i'm just excited to see it Mm
1: -hmm. uh yeah you talked about their quarterback uh jade mayava had his redshirt freshman having a very good year um you know he can he's he's a mobile guy um i think he's a guy that you know he can move a little bit um he's willing to throw the ball down the field. This is a, be an opportunity for, you know, you talk about the corners. This is a great time to have the Melo Dotsons and the Kobe Bryant's of the world challenging corner, you know, challenging guys on the outside. Uh, you know, because, you know, we saw what happen when teams try to, when, when Cincinnati tried to challenge uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, yeah. uh, last time that this team played. And um, that'll be a point of emphasis, I think for the defensive backs is just handling the vertical passing game because this is a lot of two back power. And then let's throw some shot plays down the field. So, Melo Dotson and Kobe Bryant are. are I, I like. I like KU's chances of slowing down the vertical passing game if they're going to be trying to challenge those guys.
2: Absolutely, and it's not just their strength that they get to play to, but extra offensive linemen, two backs. Kenny's going to be in the box. So if Kenny is playing forward, Kenny is a very effective safety, one of the better ones in the Big Twelve in terms of just point of attack defense. So it's a game plan that plays into his strengths as well. I saw Kenny's getting to go to the Shrine Bowl.
1: I'll be. They, uh, I'll be be down at the Shrine Bowl this year. Uh, I go every year, uh, so I am looking forward to going and seeing uh, Kenny Logan get in there. Representing Kansas. Earl Bostick was there last year. You know, we
2: got to keep that Kansas pipeline. I'm a Shrine Bowl alum myself. Are you really? Yes, I played in the Shrine Bowl in Houston. Man, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Come on now. Uh, Yeah, I go every year. Yeah, Jeff Schwartz was down there. I think the only guy left playing is... um, the uh the quarterback for the ravens josh uh uh josh johnson yeah josh johnson from san diego he was there uh kevin o'connell head coach of the vikings he was our starting quarterback uh so there's, there's some dudes out there you're old bro no question we <laughs> <laughs> hey, i'm talking about the head coach oh yeah i know that guy <laughs> uh i
1: do think i think George, i think jade Maiava can be had with pressure like, that's one thing I think, you know, I don't think he's handled, you know, pressure well. So if you are able to get into his face and you're able to challenge him, I think that'll spell good things for Kansas. And, you know, I look, player for player, KU's got more talent. And I think talent's going to have to win in you know, just going to have to win out in some of these areas. We talked about, you know, Austin Booker is going to have to have a good game. Uh, that That defensive line's got to set the tone, I think, from the start. And the good news is I think this defensive line will because they've got a lot of talent up front, and, uh, you know, I think that's how you, I think that's how, you know, things can really, you know, th- that can be an ultimate great equalizer for this team, I think, in this kind of situation when the scheme's going to be a big challenge uh, and, and how, in style play and tempo's going to be a big talent
2: challenge, but depth on the defensive line is not going to hurt at all. Not, not even a little bit. They got plenty of guys that can play. You know, like we talk about, a lot of the KU football nerds get excited when a new guy just gets another opportunity. You know, so if a guy gets to play more, who's 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 arguing with Caleb Taylor getting more snaps? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's just they've got guys that are ready for those snaps. Whatever's available, they got guys that we like pretty much at every position. Yep. They got they've they've shown their depth, and you know, if, if
1: if if you know if the if the tempo gets going a little bit, I like Ku's depth to be able to handle it. NFL fans, it's time to unwrap nonstop football action this holiday season. Throw down on big matchups with. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL and score one hundred fifty instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with code KCSN. New customers can bet five dollars on NFL action to score one hundred fifty instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred gambler or visit www.1800gambler.net in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. Okay. Offense time. Mm-hmm. So much. There's so much reason to be excited about this offense. I'm excited to get one more look at Jason Bean. one kind of final send off for Jason Bean. I'm excited, you know, to see the, the, you know, the, the fingerprints of Jim Zabrowski on this offense too. I think that's like, I, I and Zabrowski is, I think, the thing that I'm really most looking forward to is, uh, not that things are going to change drastically, but are there any little wrinkles that this, this staff introduces? You know, like, Andy Kolnicki's Kolnick, been gone for a couple weeks, so there's a lot of game prep to be done by this staff. You know, so you're going to, I think you're going to get a decent little look at, you know, what a Jim Zabrowski offense and, and game planning and all that could really look like because you've had a large sample size of, of, of them getting to prepare for this game.
2: Yeah, and it's a, it is a full playbook. So they've got a lot of things at their disposal. And they built this offense in a way where there are no true decoys. You know, everybody's live all mm-hmm. the time. So you figure there are different types of counters and usages of guys that we haven't seen yet. So I'm hoping to see some of that. And then when you talk about the matchup against this defense – You know, uh, I think during the Boise State broadcast, they had mentioned that 20% of the plays against UNLV are deep shots. Mm. That's one in every five. That's a high number. So that is, you know, and Boise State ended up bombing them about three or four times. So what you're going to see is what you saw similar to Boise is they're going to pound you with the running game and then they're going to test your eye discipline as a result. Um, And I think that, you know, when you see a team get deep shots taken on them like that, it's about their lack of eye discipline. It's about their safeties wanting to be active in the run game. It's about them needing their safeties to be active in the run game just because they need the extra bodies. So that kind of is the type of thing that leaves you you susceptible to deep balls. And Group 5 corners and safeties are just smaller than Big 12 corners and safeties. And you don't even have to take it from all the way down to the Group 5. Look at the Power 5 teams that just moved into the conference. Mm. UCF, smaller safeties and corners. Houston, smaller safeties and corners, Cincinnati, smaller safeties and corners. So what happens is, is those guys have a tougher time tackling 220 pound backs, 215 pound backs. So that's why they're up there anyway. So it's just a, it's kind of a physical disadvantage that they're going to have to scheme around and they don't have a lot of options to scheme around it. So it's going to be, they're going to have a handful on, on this Kansas offense for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely, and like you look at some of the examples of some ga- of some teams, you know, Kansas really got got into got after Cincinnati with the vertical passing game, you know, and it was complemented by some early down run success. You know, they've let that thing air out with you know g- games like Oklahoma State. I-, I think it all starts with that run game though, for sure. Like if you can get that run game going and and really force the hand of, uh, you know, force the hand of UNLV, that's going to be problematic that's going to be really problematic putting them in just kind of some conflict there and putting them in some, some difficult, some difficult spots. Uh, you know, Devin Neal, I hope this isn't the last time I see Devin Neal in a Jayhawk Jersey, but I'm just really excited to watch him again. You know, he's had such a phenomenal season six. I mean, he's averages 6.6 yards per carry, man. Absolutely. He's so good, man. And so like, you know, we don't know, like, you know, there's obviously a big decision for him, You know, coming up here, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to to seeing you know what kind of what kind of look he gets, and you know, not to say that you know his usage will tell us anything, right? But like, there, it'll be in the back of my mind a little bit, at least, you know.
2: Mm. Yeah, he'll be a guy that, you know, his skill set is just fun. (laughs) You know, like if this is his last game in a Jayhawk uniform. I'm going to soak it in. I like his style of play. I like the way that he's evolved as a player, uh, making people miss, and then being able to get to top-end speed and still finish runs. Um, you know, he's just been an exciting player, and uh, I'm excited to see him do it at least one more time. Hopefully there's more form down the road, but, you know, this offensive line is, you know, you know, when you're facing a team like this, when you're overmatched a little bit, you're going to have to use movement. You're going to have to use slanting. You're going to have to use speed in your front seven. And, you know, Nevada was a weird game, but that worked for them. You know, similar size guys uh, a- across the front four, you know, just movement and trying to outwork Kansas. And that's going to be the angle that UNLV tries to take. But just to put that into context, that's also the the, the angle that UCF tried to take. Didn't work. <laughs> you know, they gave up almost 400 yards rest, over 400 yards rushing, And that was just a product of we can't stand up and fight these guys, so we're going to move around. And I think that's what you're going to see from UNLB. You're going to see a lot of movement, a lot of slanting, and you know try to use some of that the speed and quickness advantages, um, if there are any. But that's usually where you try to disrupt run teams is to try to be active. The problem with that is that you're really playing with fire with you know these zone type run schemes, option type run schemes, because option can just zone it all up and you can do all the movement you want to do, and we can just zone it all up and play two on two. So there's a lot of options that KU has and. There's not a lot of options UNLV has to try to slow it down. You know, I've
1: seen I've seen UNLV in some odd fronts, some even fronts. I'm be kind of curious to see you know what their choices are there if they're going to try to mix some things up and just kind of throw some things around. You know, like I feel like KU has historically had more trouble with some of these odd fronts, you know, and some of the Iowa State type defenses that we've seen, and uh, you you can watch them a little bit at times and see some similarities to some of the Iowa State stuff at times. Um, where you know you're getting a lot of you know downfield players trying to spill everything to the edge, and it kind of string and runs out. So I'll just be you know I'll be kind of curious what kind of choices that you know that 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 UNLV makes with with their defensive defensive fronts. Bmac, who's one player that we haven't talked about that you're just really
2: excited to watch in a bowl game this week? I'm going to say Quentin Skinner. You know I think that the uh, when I hear one in five balls as a deep ball, he's the first guy I think of, you know, because he's a guy that is open when he's not open just because of his length and his size and his top end speed. And he's a guy that if you keep him on the move, he's dangerous, you know, whether it be those deep overs, um, you know, or like just a straight go route with a back shoulder throw. Um, I want to see some of that, you know, being in him had really good deep ball chemistry last year, and they developed a little bit of uh, against Cincinnati as well. Um, Trevor Wilson's a guy that'll be back to full strength. And he's a guy that Bean likes a lot, you know, especially running the posts and changing direction uh, from that slot receiver position when Kansas wants to – when they want to pull those corners down and match up those nickels and safeties on some speed guys. I mean, you've seen Trevor Wilson burn Texas and Oklahoma State, a lot of teams. So I'd like to see some of that. And a guy I'm a little bit interested in too is Doug Amelian. You know, if they're going to be able to throw the ball more, I just think he's a guy that can do more than they've asked him to do, you know, just because it's such a deep position. So I'll be interested to see him and just what that receiver group does because you hear deep ball and you hear we've got some good options and I'm excited to see Bean uh, pick out his favorites.
1: Yeah, t- Trevor Wilson, I love that one. I, I think that's a great pull and like I think we've talked about this before, but like building chemistry with guys that are typically in your group when you're a one or a two and Jason Bean was a two for the first half of the year and developing a lot of chemistry with Trevor Wilson, who's been a two for the last couple years as well, that matters. You know, you just have that. He doesn't maybe he's not you know been the most consistent talent you know relative because he wasn't starting. But if he was building chemistry with Jason, being with the twos, it's gonna matter. Like, yeah. and that's. And, I mean, it, both of them are first tier cap or you know first team capable players. As we've learned, Right. Uh, but it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I'm just gonna continue to say Torrey Lachlan. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love it, man. And like, I I I love the versatility of that chess piece that they have and they find different ways to utilize them and teams don't always appropriately account for him. You know, they, you know, you can treat him as a running back. Okay, cool. He's gonna moss somebody in the corner of the end zone. You can, you know, run the, you know, direct snap, triple stuff. Like they use him so many different ways. He's just such a versatile chess piece. He's not like the guy that's gonna put together just insane stats. He's a more of a glue guy that, you know, presents problems to a defense in a variety of different ways. And if you're not gonna account for him appropriately, or if you account for him one way, they'll figure out a way to utilize him differently. So, I think, you know, I would just be fascinated to see what which, what Coach Z has cooking up for him, and how they utilize him in this game. It's just little context clues to kind of just see, obviously, you know, we don't anticipate a ton of big changes for this team, but just, you know, maybe there's a few here or there with with what this with this program's got. So, uh, I'm just, I'm always just, I love watching Tory Lachlan. I just, I'm always fascinated to see how they use Tory Lachlan. And so that's kind of a guy I'm really looking forward to watching.
2: Yeah. Tori is just a, I mean, he's been one of my favorite players to cover. And, you know, he has a little bit of bracing, breaking case of emergency kind of kind of vibes to him. Because yeah. this season, when, you know, when Bean was unavailable, that's where you saw his reemergence in the game plan. I know there's a lot of people uh, led by me with a, with a, you know, with a torch and a pitchfork saying, Please keep him in the game plan every week. It's just cause it's fun. You know, it works. It's very it's a it's productive anytime he's out there. And uh, you know, I know they have an embarrassment of riches, but he just is a unique player and he's a mm-hmm. fun player to watch. Yeah. I
1: <clears throat> I love watching him play. All right, B Mac, let's predict this game before we get out of here. Uh so what
2: do you what do you got for this uh for this bowl game? I'm gonna go, I'm going to say uh I'm gonna say forty eight to Uh, to 21. I think that uh, one of the things that I noticed in the Cincinnati game, which, you know, Cincinnati didn't give you all the complexity because they're not a big RPO team. Um, So it didn't, you know, they couldn't convince Brian Borland to play him honest outside. I think UNLB will be more effective at that. But the difference is, is that Kansas is a team that's just a good third, third and seven plus team. They just have become a good third and seven plus defense. And if they're getting a bunch of third and seven plus on defense, they're going to get you off the field a lot. Mm-hmm. And if they get the ball, they're going to possess it a long time because they're good at they're good at ball possession. That's one of the things that they're good at. So I see it being a game that's tight early, that Kansas kind of drifts away once, once some of those, like you mentioned, once some of those early down successes start to get removed from the game. I think that's when Kansas takes control. But I do expect it to be close and fun uh, early and often in the first half of the game.
1: Early down success can kill tempo. Early down can se- uh, success can take away some of that complexity too, and so you know if it becomes more of a true drop back game, which I think Kansas has the ability to make it more of a true drop back game for UNLV because of the situation, both scoreboard and you know down and distance. I think I think KU going to have a lot of success. I think offensively they're going to they're going to have a great game. I just I have a ton of confidence that they're going to be able to put together a great game. Uh, and, yeah, I think they're going to light the score up, scoreboard up. So, I'm going to go 42-21. I think Kansas is covering a very big spread. I think they're winning by a lot, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really yeah. looking forward to this game. I can't wait to to see this. You know, I don't think this team's sneaking up on anybody. I know they're not a Power 5 program, but I don't think Lance Leipold's going to let this, this program slide or slip or waste this month on a bad performance here uh, in, in less than a week. Uh, in Arizona so give me the Hawks winning 42-21 that is it for this episode of Booth Review thank you all so much for listening watching subscribing supporting we appreciate you we'll catch you later peace thank you for listening to KC Sports Network we appreciate your support don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard